0: Hey, everybody, happy Thursday, and welcome to another episode of Predetermined a Pro Wrestling Hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, a man who drank $15 worth of root beer floats over the weekend, and that equals two root beer floats, Derek
1: Alpin. This is uh, an unhealthy obsession that I have, uh, but I don't plan on getting this obsession and this addiction fixed anytime soon because I love root beer floats.
0: Hey. We all have our thing, man. Some people like drugs. Some people like to put ice cream inside of soda. It's yeah. uh, it's just it's just the way things go.
1: I live I live a good life. But, you know what's even better than a good life?
0: What's a good life?
1: What's better a than good a good life? A good life. <laughs> I, I, I question what a good life is. <laughs> it's it's an existential crisis. Uh, a good life with pro wrestling is even better. Oh, it's the, it's, there's literally nothing better than a
0: life of pro wrestling. We, yeah, we live that life every day. I guess I do know what a good life is. Yeah, welcome to the good life, says Kanye. Ooh, today, I feel like today's a weird day to bring up Kanye. It is a weird day to bring up Kanye. But you know what it's not a weird day to do?
1: Hit our goddamn music. Hey man, uh, I don't even know where to begin. We've got a bunch of different stuff we want to talk about this episode. Um, lots of stuff going on. Uh, as far as the indie scene, we're we're getting some announcements on what the roster is gonna look like for that all-in show here in Chicago in September. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about that Andre the Giant documentary and uh also some stuff going on in WWE. Uh tomorrow, the best Royal Rumble in the history of humanity. Uh that you're going to get before lunchtime and it's excellent as a Royal Rumble. That's a coming up. (laughs) Lots of.
0: (laughs) But but first, before we get into the greatest Royal Rumble in human history of anywhere in the world of any over the top Royal Rumble ever presented, I need to ask you for a favor. Sure. Not you, (laughs) (laughs) not you, Derek. Oh. the listeners. This is the part where I bet they're like I'm going to tune out for about 2 minutes cuz I listen to a lot of podcasts and they're always telling me to rate review subscribe and you know what I do? Tune out for those 2 minutes and come back in. Well, hey, I tune out during those parts too until I fucking had one and realized, "Oh my god, it's really hard to get people to rate review subscribe. I know you're listening. I fucking love you." At this point, it's almost like I'm a grouber down on the floor like, "What are Me to fuck. I saw suck your dick. I'll fuck you. I'll let you fuck me. Uh,
1: What do we have to do to convince you (laughs) to rate, review, and subscribe? We need it. We need your help. This is a cry for assistance and it would really help us out, man. I mean, because you know what?
0: I need validation. Yeah. That's just like I'm talking to my therapist about that right now. And you know what my therapist said? Tell him to rate, review, subscribe. She didn't say that. She didn't say that. I'm lying. (laughs) But I would just love it if you did, because I know you're listening. You know what? Just put a couple sentences on there. Tell us what you like about the show and what I need to do to you now that you wrote that. (laughs) If there's just 50 reviews that are just like, hey, great show. Like wrestling. They talk about it. Now you got to suck my dick. Uh, We'll
1: see what happens. I'm still stuck on the idea that I really wish your therapist told you to rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> I'm sure she would. I'm sure she would. And everybody's like, Garrett sees a therapist? Yeah, he does. Sad boy watches wrestling. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> we're just airing it all out today. My problems with root beer floats. You seeing a therapist.
0: Yeah, we both got problems, man. And that's why we're watching uh, big men and you know small men do flippy shit and throw each other.
1: Yeah, it's a sign of the times. It's a sign of our
0: problems. Actually, before before we get into other wrestling, I, I this is a little off topic, but I started playing that uh, new God of War game. Yeah, and uh, I I'm, I've never That's played an internet meme now.
1: Oh, is because this dude looks just like Triple H. New Triple H, right? Like modern Triple H. Oh yeah,
0: bald with the beard. But what's weird is the relationship in this game. He looks like Triple H, but it's basically a story of the relationship between Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon. Really, you've got this uh, little kid following the god of war around, and he's a normal child. And uh, he just his dad will never be proud of him, as far as I'm concerned. Like, every time he's like, Did I do good, dad? and he's like, Jump off the fucking Titan Tron, and we'll see.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, you're basically saying that you agree with uh, the uh, assertion that Kevin Owens made a couple months ago when he said that Shane was just trying to impress daddy. Oh, yeah. I a helicopter crash and Titan And let me tell you, Kratos, not impressed. <laughs> not impressed. It's hard to impress a
0: God. Yeah, it's, it's and Shane McMahon knows that better than anyone. Because Vince McMahon is a God. I think so. Right. Like he not only he you know, he's made giants. He had Andre. Uh, you could even say like from that documentary that he fucking killed him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking slayed a giant. Uh, by so, And how did he do that? Because Andre the Giant was, by the end of that goddamn documentary, they were talking about how Andre the Giant was just broken. And he's like, I can't do it anymore. And he's like, well, what if you just did it one more time?
1: Yeah, but you know what? Um, I think a lot of promoters, and specifically Vince, they get that reputation. Uh, you hear a lot of wrestlers, especially like the older wrestlers, talk about how like the promoters just basically suck everything out of you physically, mentally. They drain you. Not in like we'll do way. to you if you leave a review, <laughs> <laughs> but no promoters just run you ragged and they take everything they can get out of you, and then like when it's all over, you better hope to God you made enough money because you're gonna be broken down Man, um, that documentary had it was just. It had so many different
0: levels of just, like, you're happy, you're having a great time, and then you're just gradually getting sadder. Actually, you could compare that documentary to WrestleMania 34.
1: You had to think about it. (laughs) Like I was like, which which (laughs) one just
0: happened? It's like, you know, had a great time at the beginning. By the end, I was pretty sad and uh, ready to turn it off.
1: So uh, my favorite parts, uh, I think, are... um the parts were the princess bride stuff made me happy because it was kind of a, uh, I don't know. It was a happier path and everyone kind of had like nothing but positive stuff to say about what a nice guy he was. And uh, I don't know. I, it's sometimes it's nice to hear about the non-wrestling Andre, stuff you hear so much about the drinking and about how much pain he was in. Um, But uh, I, I, you know, the one thing I learned from this, I mean, it's, it's a minor thing. Didn't know this until uh, I, I heard it from the documentary. Um, he got the name Andre the Giant here in Chicago, uh, from a promoter coming up with a name for him, trying to just get him a simpler name. Yeah, I didn't know that until
0: this documentary either. There were honestly there was a lot in this that I did not know about Andre.
1: What was it was about two hours.
0: Yeah, it was a it was. A, if you don't know uh, this Andre the Giant documentary, it went up on HBO a couple weeks ago. Highly recommend checking it out. Um, This is even something I think that you could trick because, you know, we're all wrestling fans. You're here because, you know, you don't have a million people to talk to. But, you know, what? I bet you could convince your significant other to watch this because it's just a heartfelt documentary.
1: You could lie and be like, remember that big guy from The Princess Bride? Well, there's a documentary about him.
0: Yeah, there's a he had a very interesting story. And then when it comes on and you realize that they've been talking about wrestling for an hour and a half. You're like, "No, no, they'll get to the they'll get to his movie career."
1: <laughs> You're trying to swerve your significant other. This isn't about pro wrestling, sweetie. It's about a man who did some pro wrestling who just was very big.
0: Actually, yeah. I think the saddest thing was I I think Hulk Hogan said it. A lot of Hulk Hogan. There's a whole section just about Hulk Hogan in yeah. that documentary. Not Hulk Hogan and Andre, they had a section to explain who Hulk Hogan was to build up to the WrestleMania 3 thing. As and, as if though people didn't know. As if Hulk Hogan produced it.
1: <laughs> but uh, I don't know man. What what was your favorite part of the documentary?
0: Favorite part? I mean, if I have to pick like what was the most fun. Well, what section? What uh, section well, of the documentary? The, the wrestling. Uh <laughs> no, there was a part where they just spent a good amount of time talking about Andre the Giant's farts. Yeah. <laughs> And there, it seemed like it, a man filled with great sadness. Like one of his simple joys in life was just letting a good fart go in an elevator.
1: That makes sense. I also got a lot of joy out of hearing mean Gene Okerlund say Andre would take a fart. Take a fart. He did. That's what I'm it guessing. that way. <laughs> he did. And if you rate,
0: review, subscribe, <laughs> this guy right here will take a fart. <laughs> Andre really loved flatulence. Like this whole podcast is like, well, I don't know. They were hanging out talking about wrestling. Then it seemed like it got into some weird fetish shit. Like (laughs) (laughs) this is not what I rated, reviewed
1: and subscribed for.
0: (laughs) They're like, I'm back actually one star now. One star because I don't want you to do anything to me and I don't want anything to do to you.
1: This was such a nice podcast when we were just talking about WrestleMania stuff.
0: <laughs> it really changed in the last couple of weeks.
1: Uh but this no my, into a dark, please.
0: My favorite part of that documentary was when they were talking about what it was like to wrestle Andre if he didn't like
1: you. Yeah, because uh, he didn't like Macho Man. Which I thought was hilarious.
0: Hulk Hogan discussing those moments. He said they would go check. No the- baby
1: oil. <laughs> no <out>. baby oil. <laughs> Like,
0: it just, it was like, uh, honestly, this would have been like this Kratos little kid situation in God of War, except Macho Man is the little kid who can do nothing right.
1: (laughs) But, but But the way Hogan made it seem is that Macho Man did care about what Andre thought like he really he really wanted to have a good relationship with him and Andre just wasn't having it.
0: Oh, and the whole Hogan said every time they got to a venue and looked at the card, like he and he made it seem like they didn't know what their match was going to be until they got there. But he was like it would always be me and uh, me and Randy tagging against Andre and somebody else. And he said every time Randy saw his name on the same card like having to battle Andre, he just was like oh. <laughs> like he knew he was about to just- <laughs> I'm going to be sore for a month. There's just something really funny about a sad Randy Savage.
1: So uh, this is uh, like, and tied into the documentary. I, when they were talking about the WrestleMania three uh, showdown between Hogan and Andre, um, it was a tiny little part, but he mentioned uh after Andre told him to slam him and then hit the leg drop. Hogan said that he didn't know. He thought that he said he thought that Andre was going to kick out, which Maybe I interpreted it the wrong way. It almost came across like he implied that Hogan didn't know he was going to go over. Well, okay,
0: so there's a long segment of that where he's talking to Vince, and Vince and Hogan didn't know if Andre was going to go along with it. Because at this point, I don't believe Andre had been beaten yet, right? I'm not sure. Like, I, I... I know, like, he has, like, one of the longest undefeated streaks in wrestling. Yeah, But they said that pretty much, you know, if Andre didn't want to lose, Andre wouldn't lose. Right. And that that whole day leading up, they're like, is Andre going to do business? Is he going to do the job for me? And they just really didn't know. But he said that, Hogan said he walked in there and tried to show Andre a piece of paper, like, where he had the match written out, and Andre wouldn't look at it. And it almost sounded like he got in the ring and Andre just magically knew the match. <laughs> so I, I don't really trust much that Hulk Hogan says. Um, you think that's bullshit? I mean, I just mean in general throughout life. Like, I don't oh, think Hulk Hogan's the right person to listen to about anything. Like, if he Oh, for sure. Like, if he's like, no, I, hey, brother, I know with 100% accuracy, this is the answer to your question. He'd be like, what are you doing, brother? And I'm like, I'm, I'm still Googling it. He's like, but I just told you I was 100% certain. I'm sorry, next, man. I just, I don't buy
1: it. Next week, Hogan's going to want to actually be on our podcast and you're going to have to confront this issue. And he's going to be willing to do it. He's like, somebody wants me on there.
0: I'll do <laughs> it. <laughs> you're going to come down to the beach shop, brother? No, man, you're going to have to fly to Nashville or Chicago, one or the other. Okay, brother, no problem.
1: So, when you think of, like, I mean, we're talking about Andre, but when you think of, like, the moment that made Hulk Hogan, do you think of him beating the Iron Sheik for the title? Or do you think of him slamming Andre?
0: I think we all think of him slamming Andre because Hulk Hogan has never let us forget it. <laughs> he always adds a couple 20, 30 pounds every time he tells the story. Like, I bet if you watched his whole court case, he, at some point, he would say, It was like when I was in the Super or the Silver Dome. Body slamming Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3.
1: Yeah. That's been a point of reference for him for his whole life. But you know what? I, I kind of get it. If the guy had a reputation of if he didn't want to fucking lose and then he fucking picks you, you're, you're the, you're the fuck man. You got to think Lesnar's probably going around doing the same thing. Talking about the undertaker. You should have seen what I did to John Cena. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that wasn't even planned. I just did it. I slammed that son of a bitch all over the place.
1: When We had a whole match worked out, and I said, fuck this. I got a better idea.
0: I didn't even know I could do
1: that many suplexes. <laughs> Once again, I feel self-conscious because I feel like we're just doing an Irish accent for Brock Lesnar. Hey, I'm doing a shitty Minnesota accent, and there's a difference. A shitty Minnesota accent. AKA the Irish accent.
0: If you ask me to do an Irish accent, I just straight up could not do that either. I guess like, I guess (laughs) fit Finley and Brock Lesnar sound the exact same. If I'm trying to do it. (laughs)
1: Like they Uh, both say the word shillelagh the same. (laughs) So uh, I think we need to give a shout out to one of our listeners. Um, Raw Monday night. Raw was in St. Louis uh, on, on Monday. And uh, one of our listeners actually got to go to his first show, uh, WWE show, in oh, his shit. whole life. Um,
0: That's a big moment. That's a big moment in any boy's life. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember your first WWE show? Of course I, you do. I do. It was in college, because uh, I had actually, I had really dropped off of wrestling for a while, and I hadn't been to a Monday Night Raw until I was in college. Uh, I don't remember any, ma- like, I remember the place being, like, basically empty it was at mark of the quad cities in illinois in Moline, right it was in moline yeah and i just remember the dark match after it was all over was great Kali versus john cena wow sorry so it was a high flying match <laughs> <laughs> um make 205 live proud and i remember paying 20 dollars for a copy of the marine signed by john cena was it a good was it money well spent Um, I mean, if I could have that twenty dollars back right now for anything else, I might take it. Oh wow!
1: You hear that, John? He called you a heel last week.
0: No, well, oh yeah, he doesn't want your copy. (laughs) I was getting ready to be like, no, 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 no. I don't want to piss off John's... I love Nikki, and I'm on whatever you did, you son of a bitch. I'm on her side.
1: We're building to a program where it's going to be you and me against John and Brock (laughs) at SummerSlam. It's like, and I guarantee you, people are going to be so excited to see us get fucked up. Honestly, that's a tag team that I think people are excited
0: about. Not you and I, but if John Cena and Brock Lesnar were on a, like a tag team, uh, they would carry the... Actually, that could be a tag team where their gimmick is they have every belt in the company. <laughs> team ripped. Just team ripped. They go in, they have the tag belts, they go over to SmackDown, grab those ones, Uh, hop back over, Cena gets the US title because Lesnar's not touching that. Uh he he also doesn't want anything to do with Intercontinental. He's like I get the big ones. He's but like I could have I get the two world titles and the two women's titles and See, <laughs> There's going to be a point where that's all there's left to do in wrestling, where every story's been told and they're like, "Well, what's Cena and Lesnar up to?" <laughs>
1: let's just put everything on them and see how everyone reacts we're
0: we're gonna bury literally the entire roster and also after all these belts are taken cena will show up whenever we want him but lesnar says that we can fuck ourselves
1: um and he has every belt in the company i i like the whole idea of cena having to like go like do like some some shady work and you know going through some red tape and you know, paying some people off to convince him that he's under two hundred and five pounds. I
0: was gonna say he's gonna look like fucking Christian Bale in uh, the Machinist, <laughs> where he's lost all this weight and he's just like jaundiced and like sad, and you can see his ribs.
1: It's the last title he wins. It's like a- he, like he just loses a bunch of weight after he wins everything else.
0: Because that is genuinely the hardest title for him to get. Like he had to lose so much weight. <laughs> And lose so much muscle mass. And by the time he did it, he's just so fucked up and slow and sick
1: that he's like, this was truly the hardest belt I had to win. (laughs) And I had to beat Mustafa Ali. I had to scratch and claw and not eat and not do my midnight workouts. He he tries to do the five
0: knuckle shuffle to ricochet and just passes out on top of him. And that's how he gets the (sighs) pin.
1: (laughs) <laughs> How did we wind up at this point? Oh, we were Bro. talking about somebody's first Monday night raw. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it took for us to get wildly off track. Yeah, no, I mean, uh I just saw that one of our listeners was going to his first WWE show and I uh, just wanted to say congrats. Uh seemed like you got a pretty good show. Yeah, his name is uh Jojo Fresh and uh got the got the word from him on Twitter, Joey Walker. And uh, yeah, congrats on your first uh, WWE show. Long time coming if you're a lifelong fan. And uh, hopefully many more to come. Hope you had fun. Hope I think him and uh, another
0: friend of the show, Dalton, went together. So shout out to those guys uh, for taking a good brother to his first Monday Night Raw.
1: You did the right thing. I hope you enjoyed the Sammy and Kevin show because I know I did.
0: Oh, God knows I did too. That was, uh, that's something that I could deal with every single week if they decide I'm- to give us that.
1: I'm hoping I do deal with it every single week. I hope that Kevin doesn't have to get mowed over by Braun Strowman every week because holy shit. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell if it was selling or if that was just reality hitting Kevin over and over again. Uh,
0: That that almost seems like he pissed somebody off in the back. They're like, you're going to have to take this a
1: lot of times. (laughs) Well, I think probably like that was Randy's job on Smackdown. And Vince is like, Braun, I got a new job for you. Anytime the locker room is upset with somebody, you're just going to fucking mow over him, dude. Wait, so that
0: was Randy's job on SmackDown? Like, he was supposed to fuck somebody up?
1: Yeah, the rumor is, is that, like, because Randy has, like, tenure and veteran status there, that, like, part... I mean, not not that he would, like, fucking mug you, but, like, if, if there was a message that needed to be sent, if you needed somebody to be a little bit stiff... I mean, did you see after... uh What was it? The, that European tour where kevin and sammy got sent home because of some misunderstanding with the new day on smackdown and them doing a finish wrong or whatever when they got sent home from the european tour when they came back there was a match where randy and sammy were involved and did you see the way sammy got thrown into the announce table very very reckless that is
0: if that is the punishment then what the fuck did the sing
1: brothers do to- <laughs> I don't I think we know the answer to this. They didn't do anything. They're just really fun to throw. <laughs> they're they're really good practice. He's like he never
0: even learned their names and he threw them for like 6 weeks.
1: <laughs> Vince, I heard you got me a little Indian guy to throw around. Well, actually Randy, we got that uh for gender. No, that's for me to practice uh enforcing the locker room.
0: Like he eventually Randy Orton goes to the Olympics for some sort of track and field event, but he's <laughs> he, like been it's working like, on chucking guys my whole life. He's working on the shot put, but like, you know, if you work with a Singh brother, then when you move down to like a smaller weight, it's just easy to throw.
1: <laughs> so yeah, maybe that's Braun Strowman's new role on raw. That's what we were getting at with that whole tangent. But, uh, no, um, fun oh, raw. Real quick, just about that Monday night raw. They had
0: that really nice, uh, Bruno San Martino tribute at the beginning. And I didn't realize how many fucking times that guy sold out Madison square garden. Okay.
1: So about that. Oh no. Am I getting <laughs> WWE worked? <laughs> I think you're getting WWE worked because I, I, I Look, I'm not the guy to come to about this. Maybe somebody's like, fuck you, Derek. We actually have all the documentation right here. It Hulk really Hogan happened. is saying that to you. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to say it one way or another. Hogan knows best, man. Or Bruno. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, but apparently, according to Meltzer, that, that number is a little suspicious. What
0: was it like? A They said... I can't remember if it was 147 or 187. Either way, that's a high number to have headlined at Madison Square
1: Garden. Well, let's assume, again, this is a time period where the championship wasn't defended as often, but let's, let's assume he went to Madison Square Garden four times a year, and I'm basing that on nothing. I'm just basing that on a guess of every three months for a Madison Square Garden show makes sense in my mind. How many years would it take to get to that total? If he's doing four Madison Square Garden shows a year. I
0: guess 36 years. Actually, more, closer to 37 if it's 147.
1: Yeah, that, that that already sounds suspicious to me because that's probably not actually true. <laughs> I love WWE numbers because uh,
0: it it really is like, I'm terrible at math and they must be too. And they just like, I ah, don't give a shit. Just say a number that sounds high. <laughs> Brock Lesnar has been universal champion for half a decade. I feels like it. I fucking believe that. (laughs) (laughs) And if it feels true, it's basically true. Regardless, like Bruno San Martino, well-respected guy. Awesome. Awesome. Great tribute, regardless of how many times he headlined the fucking Madison Square Garden. And I added the, so that would have bothered me if I were listening to this podcast.
1: Well, but I think the, the takeaway here is that it doesn't matter what the total was. It was a shitload of times.
0: Yeah. Well, either way, what I'm getting at is, you know, they had everybody stand on the stage for the 10-bell, the uh, you know, salute, salute. Yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. And I saw about two people behind Vince McMahon was Titus O'Neil. And <laughs> I was just like, oh, shit, what's he going to get up to this time? <laughs> is he going to hug him? <laughs> <Is he> gonna... <laughs> they should have a Titus versus Vince match. That's like the most interesting thing I could get out
1: of Titus. I don't know. I I actually have very specific feelings about that. I feel like everyone else got over that really quick. I didn't get over it. Like you're still feeling it. I am still feeling it very much. Like I felt like, (laughs) like out of all the things for Vince to get really fucking upset about and suspend somebody over, it was, wasn't during Daniel Bryan's retirement speech? Yeah, and Vince didn't even like him that much anyway. Yeah, like what the fuck? Like, like Titus in his mind was thinking, you know, I hear these rumors about all these guys needing to develop a relationship with Vince to get anywhere in this business. So I'm making my move tonight, and in and in a, like a sincere moment, and I'm gonna go in for a hug. And the idea that Titus like felt like, all right, I'm making my move and hug, and then get the fuck off me. Like the idea, like the idea of him going off is both funny and then sad when you realize he actually followed through with the punishment. You're not getting paid for the next few months because you fucking hugged me. Don't fucking hug me when a man retires. Nobody, no, I, I swear to fucking God, nobody in the audience. Nobody watching at home was thinking, oh man, they're breaking character. Oh no, this is this this seems out of place here. What's going on? Nobody was thinking that it was a genuine moment. That's how it was advertised. No. And the idea
0: There was a yeah. moment
1: during all that where he like grabbed Vince's arm and like Vince turns
0: like, Fuck you. <laughs> like he looked and I could tell like that didn't look genuine. That looked like Titus had a smile on his face, and Vince immediately was just the most angry man I had ever seen. (laughs) And I would have given anything to be in Gorilla backstage when he gets through. He's like,
1: what the fuck is the matter with you? (laughs) I I think I would just like to be in any, any location where somebody is livid that they got hugged or given like any kind of affection, (laughs) like livid. Don't you fucking hug me on television. (laughs) Let alone, let alone in a position to be livid and then, and then hand out a punishment. Like Vince had to go, this seems fair. (laughs) At the end, he's like, well, I
0: already made the punishment. And if I, if I take it back, I look weak.
1: (laughs) Guaranteed. He caught some of the backlash and and thought about it. And then was like, no, I don't want to look like a pussy.
0: And you know what? Give him one extra month, one extra month suspension, just so everybody knows I'm not fucking
1: around, (laughs) but guaranteed if Lesnar fucking hugged him, he'd give him a raise.
0: Well, it sounds like he wanted to give him a fucking bear hug backstage at some point, like, but I don't know. He gave him the best contract anyone's ever had in goddamn pro wrestling. So, ah, fuck it.
1: So, uh, there's a lot of different stuff we could talk about, but let's just go ahead and dive right into, uh, Friday's show. I probably won't be able to watch it live. I'll probably have to watch it later that night. But uh, the greatest fucking Royal Rumble that humanity has ever seen and w- ever will see. Uh, and doesn't matter where you're at in the universe. It's the best thing to ever happen. Um, well, And
0: they're that's- not fucking wrong. Did you see the goddamn seats around the ring? No. Dude, they're fucking like recliners. They look like oh, something. Oh, really? They're fancy as shit. Like, you know, normally they have the seats with everyone's face on it. Yeah. Yeah, not this time. And I they're going to have a bitch of a time carrying these chairs out because these are just like big comfy like recliner chairs. But they're WWE branded recliner chairs? No, they're not. They're just really oh. fancy chairs. Like the <laughs> VIP section. I can't even imagine how much people paid to sit on the floor of this fucking thing.
1: I was excited at the idea of getting like a WWE branded recliner that has like Lesnar's face on it. <laughs>
0: and just seeing like a bunch of guys having to like it's like well we had to drive a u-haul here because we had to bring our furniture home
1: in saudi arabia jesus this This seems like a show
0: is mind-blowing uh because now i'm hearing i don't know i i had somebody telling me yesterday that this is all being funded by a billionaire
1: yeah, I heard that they're making a pretty pity on it, and that's and one the, of the reasons why they're doing it. One yeah, the, and the, the reason they're doing it. And
0: that WWE is making $40 million for this one show. <clears throat> that's a and shit ton of money. I mean, I see why they're doing it, but it's so weird to be like, ah, fuck it. We already, we sold enough tickets to WrestleMania. Who gives a shit? The best Royal Rumble of all time, no matter what, of anywhere in the world, this is where we're doing everything. Do you think that for getting that much
1: money, they could have come up with a better name?
0: I feel like they didn't get to pick. I feel like the dude who wrote a $40 million (laughs) check is like the greatest Royal Rumble. And they're like,
1: sounds excellent. No, he already cashed in. He paid his, he paid his $40 million over the summer. He's like, you got to name a pay-per-view Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> and they did it. Who paid for that? Who's paying to name these pay-per-views? Because I want to get in on one of these. I would do better. I mean, some, I mean, some of these are classic names for these pay-per-views they're bringing back. Backlash and, and uh, No Way Out. Stuff like that. That's classic. The Greatest Royal Rumble. Just not creative. I guess they're not lying if this was the idea from the beginning was to have 50 people in a Royal Rumble match. What? What is? Did I hear this correctly? Is this supposed to be a six-hour show? It's going to be six hours. Now, is that included in the six hours? Is is the pre-show part of that? Is there like a, one of those? Or is it just six hours of straight wrestling? I don't
0: know. I, I Honest to God, anything could happen in this show because they're having like these huge matches that I think we're all expecting big outcomes of because, you know... Uh, Shinsuke seems like he's got way more aggressive. So I feel like we're going to actually see the real match that we were looking forward to at WrestleMania. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with this casket match. I think that Rusev is just going to, I think it's going to be another five minute thing. Uh, what else? Like fucking now Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have to fight everyone that Kevin Owens is ever wronged. Does that what
1: we learned? Yeah. I kind of liked that because it does add an interesting element to the, the rumble match. Like, I hope um, that it does just like
0: people come in and they're like, It's like, what the fuck is Titus doing here? He's like, You cut me in line the other day at
1: craft services and <laughs> uh fuck you. So so the people they listed was like Jericho. Isn't Shane in the match? Yeah, Jericho, Shane. Shane's also
0: in the Royal Rumble, which this Rumble That's what I, I meant. Oh yeah. my god. The names that are gonna show up in this fucking Royal Rumble, like I promise you, there is I mean boogeyman's gonna be there right like fucking they need 50 people ray mysterio supposedly confirmed well, did you hear that they ended up running auditions and they had to hire eight guys from saudi arabia to be in this that are learning how to wrestle this week eight eight because they need it and that means that if they ran out of people i promise you Brook- brooklyn brawlers had his gear forever and is ready to get <laughs> back in you
1: think vince is ready
0: Vince is going to have to go in there. Fuck, he might come out in the Mankind mask and pretend to be Mick Foley just to get Bruce some star Pritchard. power, extra
1: star power in there. Man, I the, I have so much to say about this whole show, man. I mean, there's this... I, first of all, I, like, starting from the beginning, I, I, do, I can't even believe this is fucking happening because, I mean, there's a lot of different things to talk about, but like one of the things is this, this show is potentially as far as results go, has the potential to be better than WrestleMania. Is that fair to say?
0: No, I think like, that's absolutely fair to say. I think we're about to watch Roman Reigns win a title. I think we're about to see Shinsuke Nakamura win a title. Uh, Paul Heyman's not going to be there because his passport said that he went to Israel. So they sent him home. <laughs> that's fucked up. Like, yeah. So we're sending him home because he's, what, he's Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> and we sent the ladies home because they actually never even got to get the plane right over. Uh
1: should we okay. How do you think they feel about that?
0: I Can we talk mm- about that
1: for a minute. Like I don't want to get too political or get into that whole thing, but like they have to think kind of a little bit like, yeah, it is a cultural thing, but fuck you a little bit.
0: I think it's more of showing that like the company was more ready to take fifty million or forty million dollars and just abandon the women, uh, than to, you know instead of being like it's the women's revolution, the women are part of the package.
1: Right. I don't
0: know. It's I don't feel good about it,
1: but I'm excited about the matches that are going to be there. No, I mean that that that's the catch. Twenty two is that I feel the same as you. I'm not comfortable with them conceding like their, they they don't really have any integrity. They don't really have any ideals at this point. They literally did this for the uh, the whatever, the opportunity, the money, the the ability to say that they did a big show overseas. Well, weren't they when when Styles beat Gender for the WWE Championship? They were in England, right? Ah. Uh, because that, that was like the big thing. Was it was the first time the WWE Championship had changed hands overseas. Was that at a house show? Or no, you... that was on SmackDown? Okay. That, uh, I think that sounds right. Well, this has the potential to do a whole bunch of that. <laughs> there's, and there's a potential here for a lot of titles changing hands. Well,
0: I'm thinking they... that a dude spent $40 million and he has some specific
1: outcomes. He, I'm afraid that this guy got to book it. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> with that in mind, moving past the women's stuff, um, I, I don't know. Like, so, so the raw tag team title situation is interesting. Uh, Seamus and Cesaro got drafted to SmackDown. I'm assuming that they're going to follow through with that. Otherwise, why bring it up? Um, so it seems like they booked themselves into a corner. So it seems like Hardy and Wyatt are going to walk away with the tag titles, which I'm fine with. Cause that's going to be fun stuff. Well, what do you think? Do you think, like, uh, because the
0: Miz is in a ladder match for the Intercontinental title. Do you think it's possible they swap
1: the titles back again? I do. Um, I really, and not only do I think that they could do it, I'm hoping that they do it. I think it's an opportunity. Like, you're a big Miz fan. I think the Intercontinental title needs to be on the same show as him. I think it's a cool, I think people like seeing stuff like that where they see, oh, shit, the belts can move between brands. And And that happens
0: so quickly right after mania and then back again. Like, I don't know. Yes. It's I don't know this show at first, I think we were all looking at it as a glorified house show. And now as we're seeing the set and it's like the set's bigger than fucking WrestleMania. They've got these fancy ass chairs all over the place. It's already sold out. Like they're advertising this as a sold out show. There are no seats left. I don't, i mean i don't think i have anyone is thinking this is a house show anymore i think we're thinking no. like we decided fuck wrestlemania we're gonna do this show
1: yeah and that's kind of how it feels and and one of the things i wanted to d- specifically talk about i wanted to make sure i had some time to talk about this with you um let's do you think roman reigns is winning the belt i think he has to
0: i mean if right? he if he does not win it Friday morning around 10 a.m. Actually, if it's a six-hour show, it'll be sometime after lunch for us. Uh, <laughs> if he doesn't win that, I don't know what the fuck you do with him ever again. You can't just have him lose to this guy three times clean.
1: But what does it say that, like, if this is the guy they've been working on building for four or five years now, if, if, if his crowning moment is going to be basically, you know, what, Friday afternoon overseas? like. But it, I mean, that, it just feels so weird. It feels like it just I, I this is probably I feel like we've never encountered anything like this in wrestling before, but specifically in WWE where we're about to watch a guy's big moment happen and it's not even targeted towards us. It's almost like that. Well, fine, if you guys don't like it, then I'll show somebody else how awesome Roman Reigns is. But I mean, if they are targeting, you know, overseas
0: demographics and they get that huge show. And people overseas see like, oh, my God, when they come over here, there's a huge fucking match. That's probably yeah. going to draw business over to the next show because they're like, well, remember what happened last time? Like everybody changed belts. Yeah. So, that, I, I mean, I mean, I get what they're doing. Uh, it just feels like it. I don't know. I guess it feels like I got slapped in the face a little bit for buying that WrestleMania ticket. But, well, yeah, that's they're that's also giving me a say. show I'm excited about, I think.
1: Right. Uh, No, that's what I was going to say is that it almost feels like they held off on a lot of decisions that they could have done at WrestleMania to just cash them in at the show. Of course, we don't know that we're recording this on a Wednesday. We haven't seen what happens yet and it's potential. Nothing surprising happens. And that would be actually more surprising to me at this point. If they didn't do any of that stuff, I can see most of the belts switching. I Um, wouldn't be surprised if every single belt switched and, I don't know. I guess is Braun Strowman going to win the Royal rumble that I, I think either Braun Strowman or Samoa Joe, right. Or Daniel Bryan.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess I don't know who's big over there. Like, I mean, I assume it's the same guys here. I don't, I don't know if it's a, you know, if there's anything different happening over there where it's like, no, we're a bigger fan of this guy.
1: Yeah. I, that's why I just think it's an interesting decision to try to cash in. Like I, you, we're assuming that Roman reigns will get cheered over there.
0: I guess, like, at the very least, uh, you know, we're always talking about how everything in the WWE is not us, but just, like, the world is, like, the WWE is very predictable in what they're always doing. They just threw us this show that we have no fucking clue. Like, it just popped up out of nowhere for
1: us. and yeah, Backlash is, like, what, two weeks away?
0: Yeah, and it's fucking huge. So, I mean, good on them for making an exciting show and something for me to spend six hours doing Secret at work. <laughs>
1: So, but, you know, I, I was going to predict, I actually think that what's going to end up happening, I think Samoa Joe is bringing the Intercontinental title over to SmackDown. Um, Miz is a fine pick, but I don't see Balor or Rollins retaining. Um, I see Jinder winning his U.S. title back. Um, Ooh, here's one.
0: You know what? We didn't get the demon at WrestleMania, but I bet if this guy that spent all this money is like, we want the demon. He's like, You got the demon. Paint up, Balor. Really? I don't know. Do you, don't you see that? Like, if the guy that's giving them $40 million is, I want the small man to wear the paint. It's like, Okay,
1: you got it. Paint those abs, <laughs> but boy. You, but you would think that if they want the demon, they would want Paul Heyman, too, right? <laughs> Jesus. If I was paying $40 million, I would definitely want to see Bailey's Tubeman and my show. <laughs>
0: Well, that's I, it's a different culture, and tube men aren't allowed in Saudi Arabia. That is horseshit. Wacky waving inflatable tube men—they they're actually stuck at customs right now. They got arrested,
1: <laughs> uh, and and they look so distraught.
0: And they were found with cocaine in their butt, which explains the way they move and their excitement. <laughs> they're
1: the ultimate marks.
0: Actually they you know what, they were gonna send them over to intro Brock Lesnar and then they got caught up over there too. So <laughs> he's just gonna get fucking Joe Fuck, JoJo can't even do
1: it. Can she? Oh uh, I'm trying so hard not to lose my shit right now because I just had an amazing image coming into my head. Well, you gotta you, say it. Can you imagine fucking giant ass Brock Lesnar coming out with his music coming out with Heyman and then when he does that little roar like flex thing that he does? After doing a little, you know, skip to Malu, <laughs> <They laughs> <all> the, <laughs> the fucking tube men pop up <laughs> oh. instead of
0: fucking Pyro. You're actually making me think that there were some real missed opportunities for the Mixed Match Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> the, if next year we don't get the team of Bailey and Brock Lesnar, then what the fuck was any of this for?
1: The Hugger Incarnate.
0: And they're like, well, you know, the, the charity is going to get $20,000, but Brock Lesnar got f- $500,000
1: for each appearance. For for a crowd of 3,000 people on Facebook Watch? Yeah,
0: because cause everyone left and they didn't want to have to sit through 205 Live to get to it. But yeah, if I... Oh, man. You know what? Now I might actually get the next WWE video game just so I can give Brock Lesnar Bailey's entrance because... Uh, <laughs> Because it, it is within the realm of possibility to see that.
1: Actually, let's put out a request for that right now. If we have any of our listeners who play uh, the WWE 2K games, um, if you could give Brock Lesnar Bailey's inflatable, wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men, if you could give Brock Lesnar Bailey's entrance and record a video of it and share it with us at Hangout on Twitter and at WrestleHangout on Facebook, we would really, really appreciate that because that might make me piss my pants.
0: And then rate, review, subscribe, and see what happens. And then rate, review, happens. subscribe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a request. Get on that, guys. Well,
0: um, I feel like I should go ahead and start talking about, I went to Southern Underground Pro
1: this weekend. Yeah, and you got quite, uh, quite a couple good pic- pictures there, my friend. Yeah, uh, this show is very fun. Like I,
0: I think this show is going to get better and better. Uh, it was a pretty good turnout, even though it was like a really shitty rainy day. So a lot of people had to, you know, slog through the water to get there. Uh, cause it's not a super easy place to park. You're gonna have to walk in some water regardless of, uh, of where you're going. But yeah, this did show, you br-
1: was- did you bring your little, uh, flyer to try to get in with it as a N- ticket? I forgot the fucking flyer, but okay. No, let's go ahead and start out. I
0: spoke with, uh, I know his name is Jesse. He's one, he was actually one of the wrestlers. Uh, he didn't wrestle this time because I believe he actually had the flu, but he was on commentary, and he helps book the show, I believe. Uh, he, he does follow us now. So if you're, if you're listening, Jesse, thanks for putting on a great show. I asked him. I did say, I, I think the way I had to word it, because I didn't want to offend anyone by saying, like, what was with the little flyers? So I had to word it. Uh, I was like, I'm very interested in the weird details <laughs> of wrestling. <laughs> Why no, were the flyers you. so small? <laughs> And he had a good excuse. He, he did say that he intended for them to be slightly bigger, but he was attending that Smackdown show, and they don't let you into the building with a bunch of flyers. Ah, so, so he, he
1: was getting around it.
0: He had to make them small enough that he could hide them in his pocket.
1: That's smart.
0: And you know what? That is good marketing, and I got a little flyer and talked about it a whole bunch.
1: So there, there we go. It worked. It's a good story. It doesn't change the fact that it's fucking adorable. That's a very indie show. And you marketed it the right way. So one
0: of the, okay, there was a match, whatever the main opening match was, I brought some friends with me that had actually never been to any wrestling show ever. So this was their first wrestling they had ever seen.
1: Really? I didn't know this part of the story. Yeah. Uh, They just happened to be,
0: I didn't realize originally that they were going to be rolling through town on their way back to Chicago. So I'm like, well, you're here for the night. You have to go to this. This is kind of the rules you're, or you're going to not hang out with anyone. So you're coming. to I'm your host. Show. You're going with me. Exactly. Yes. So they went to the show in the first match. Uh, one of the guys in it was, we were told it was his first match ever. Well, how did that go? It seemed like it was his first match ever. <laughs> <laughs> and the, I will say the show got progressively better as it went on. And not that this was terrible, but it's kind of one of those things where like, I never want to be somebody's only friend. I also never want to be your first audience. Right. Like, I want to check it out like a few down the line. <laughs> Does that mean? Should I should I not want that? Like, should I be there for it all? I'd, I would want to be there for it all. Well, you know what? I was there for the goddamn beginning of this guy, and his name wasn't on the flyer, because uh, I think he, he was filling in <laughs> for somebody. Uh, but the match that I most want to talk about on this show was it was MJF versus uh mance warner and it was going to be the match was called eye poke mania and it was supposed to decide who was the eye poke god (laughs) and so mjf comes out cuts a promo on this guy then ethan we have history
1: with mjf because we saw him at our aaw show that we went to a couple months ago
0: Yes, yeah. We uh we first were introduced to him at AAW, and I got to see him a couple times over WrestleMania weekend. So I think MJF is on the rise. I'm a I'm a fan of MJF. It it seems that way. Yeah, this guy, he's just such a good shit talking heel. Uh like I mean, his wrestling style too seems very WWE to me. I see him fitting in well in that kind of environment. Do you think he'll have to ditch the scarf when he gets there? I don't know. I feel like he's got like several people's gimmick he's like because people chant ec2 at him (laughs) instead of you know ec3 uh he's kind of got that miz thing going on but he's got the jericho scarf okay but then ethan page comes out and they're just cutting promos on each other he wants to get added to the eye poke match so they're in a match where just dudes are poking each other's eyes and these eye pokes were getting distributed like they were super kicks (laughs) (laughs) and the thing that brought me the most joy out of this match is they were still doing leg slaps for the eye poke, so every eye poke sounded just fucking heinous. <laughs> like a super kick. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs>
0: and I thought that was a really awesome thing to do. Uh, they ended up having their their local guy go over over the two like out of towners, which were Ethan Page and MJF, and uh, they right. declared that he was indeed the eye poke god. Other than the local it, guy, what the they the local yeah guy? they declared that the local guy was in fact the eye poke god, Mance Warner. Oh, shit. Uh, but MJF went out, and there is an older gentleman that I'm told is just like a staple of the Nashville re- pro wrestling scene. I have not met this gentleman. Uh, I believe his name is Papa Hales. And MJF <laughs> gave him a, just a forearm right to the side of the head, sending this j- older gentleman to the ground. Oh, shit. And I hear that the, uh, this Papa Hales, that some of his, like, his children were in attendance. Who were like you know our age, and uh, they were not pleased because they didn't know that was going to be part of it, and didn't like seeing their their older dad uh hit the hit the ground. Oh, well, he was selling for
1: him. Yeah, so MJF he he got some good heat, but okay, I gotta cut right to the end of this. I uh, mentioned- this is the this is the important part. You have a story about the MJF, and this is, I haven't for people listening. I I've been holding on to this, waiting to hear what he has to say. I, I we're hearing this for the first time, so he- I don't. He pulled some shit
0: that I did not agree with. And I can't tell if I'm getting worked or if it was just some, like, heelish carny shit.
1: (laughs) Well. So, to
0: me, when you go to a wrestling show, uh, you know, like, I would never ask somebody for a picture without having given them some money first. Uh, That's just, you know, that's how they make their money. It's the way you do things. But at every indie show I've been to, and if I want to get a picture with somebody, I go buy their t shirt and to me, like buying somebody's T-shirt at a wrestling show is like throwing 20 bucks in somebody's tip jar and just being like, sure. that was a fucking awesome match, man. Thank you. Uh, let me get that shirt. And so I've bought a lot of T-shirts that I don't even want, you know, just giving like somebody, you know, extra, mu- giving them a little money, like saying good match. And usually after I buy the shirt, you ask for a picture and like, full on, let's do it. So I get up to MJF. I buy the shirt. I didn't really want the shirt. I was just giving them the 20 bucks because I wanted to get the picture. So right, we exchange the money. I get the shirt and I say, is it cool if I get a picture with you? And he goes, that'll be five bucks. Huh? So I had to pay him an additional $5 to get the picture. And what
1: was your reaction to that? Like in real time, did you like, like essentially like double take or hesitate or whatever?
0: I probably had a little bit of a confused look on my face, but I still had like, my really? wallet out. So I still like pulled the five bucks out, but I, I feel like I was hesitant to do so
1: like I didn't have to get your shirt so well basically what you found out is that you could have just paid five dollars for a picture yeah
0: and at that point I could have been like well can I get my 20 bucks back for the shirt and just give you the five if that's what we're doing because this is this is all I really <laughs> wanted you just broke etiquette man like and so I don't know what do you think like is there an actual etiquette at these shows like when you buy the shirt does that entitle you to a picture or is it up to each performer but I've just it's so fucking crazy because, like, I've done this with fucking everybody. Like, I mean, Ricochet, Chris Hero, uh, Chuck Taylor, <laughs> you know, Marty Skrull. Like, you can go down the line, but maybe also these wrestlers, those wrestlers, were a little more established and didn't need the extra five.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. Like, on one hand, I, I mean, you can't fault a guy for trying to get everything that he can get, like because he doesn't know how much longer he's going to be able to do this. And but on the other hand. If there is kind of like an unspoken protocol about fans getting pictures and and whatnot then if it if it usually involves just buying a shirt to get that done. Uh... That's a little weird. Am I, I don't know. Okay. Listeners. Am I, am I weird for thinking that the
0: $5 was like a, a weird carny thing to do? Or is that just uh is that, is that normal? I don't know. Let me know. Maybe I'm in the wrong and I'm willing to accept it. If I am, I was just so used to, to doing that. I don't know. And I was also drunk at this point. So <laughs> when it happened, like as I hope he knows that that stuck with me the rest of the night, like as I was coming down from being drunk, where I'm just like, what a fucking heel.
1: <laughs> like, well, I got texts from you um, about this as the day went on where you said you were just kind of stewing about it because you couldn't tell if he was being a heel or if he was being like a legitimate dick to you.
0: Oh, he also does not care for the name of the podcast.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah, he
0: said it's a breaking kayfabe.
1: So maybe he, well, well, then fuck.
0: But the picture was fucking hilarious, so I'm happy I have it. Like, yeah, it's a good picture. Oh, he was, he was for sure in character that whole time that I was talking to him. But it's, like, a weird line where, like, you know, he can't be too much of a dick because he's getting money from me. But, right. like, enough of a dick that I'm getting the experience.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that.
0: Basically, he got five extra bucks out of me, and I can't be, like, super pissed about it. But there was, there was a moment where I'm like, I feel like one of us is brave. Maybe I'm wrong with the etiquette, or maybe this is just, like, at a smaller indie show rather than, like, a PWG, this is how things work. I don't know.
1: Maybe, maybe because he's not getting paid as much as he would at AAW or something like that. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to comment cause I like, I, I don't know what the right answer is. Maybe, maybe you could tag him in this episode when we post it and he'll listen. And then he'll give you his <laughs> legit reasoning why he charged you $5. For Here's a the thing. If he hears that we talked about this,
0: he is going to let us fucking have it on Twitter. Oh, I know. I can't, he's like, oh, you need that $5? He's really going to give me shit for it, and I'm <laughs> really afraid of that. Are you?
1: Oh, Are yeah. you more afraid of the MJF giving us shit on Twitter, or are you more afraid of Hulk Hogan or Lesnar coming after you with their grievances?
0: Can we throw in one more? Who? I'm more afraid of Bob Holly's chops.
1: Oh, for fuck sh- Yeah? Yeah? Maybe MJF will use that five dollars. Maybe he's been saving it up to pay Bob Holly. Well he better watch out because I got
0: five bucks to throw up Bob Holly to send a chop his way.
1: <laughs> You've been buying shirts that you don't want, I'm sure you're willing to drop twenty five, thirty bucks on outbidding for Bob Holly's chopping services. Yeah, to
0: purchase a wrestling assassin.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think that's an interesting question to ask, which is that like, are you the asshole for just assuming that this is etiquette and this is how it's always supposed to be done? Or, you know, was the 5 dot Like, I don't know. I don't See, know what the right answer is,
0: man. I want... Like, I'm a big fan of... Uh, it's it's. Weird. I'm a big fan of, like, knowing the rules and following them. And I sure. don't want to wrong anyone. So, I don't... If I am in the wrong here, I would like to know. Uh, if anyone has any insight on that, let me know. Either way, Southern Underground Pro, let's get back into it. I... Okay, there was this. Uh, I don't remember what they called it. I it wasn't like a clusterfuck match. It was called a scramble match. I'm looking at the tiny flyer because it's still on my table. That I told you about that little wrestler Marco Stunt. Mm-hmm. He is so fucking small, and that he he won this match. Uh, it was it was one of the better matches of the night. It was just like a seven six seven guys in the ring just all doing a ton of spots. And this room, there is not a lot of room to do top rope shit. You'll hit your head on the ceiling or air ducts.
1: Well, that's something I was going to ask. Can, uh, we've talked about you going to one, o- one other of these shows, but I was going to ask, can you kind of, for the listeners, can, what's what's the vibe like in this venue? What's it like seeing a show here? How would it compare to other indie shows and the way the venue sets up and what the show's like? Well, the room
0: is definitely smaller than I would say an American Legion because there's no seats at this. Uh, this this room, it was at a uh, basement east, which is a concert venue in East Nashville. Uh, it is there's a stage right in front, like you know, where the bands would perform, but where you would stand for those, there's just this, the ring right in the center. So everybody's just kind of surrounding that ring. It's a really small room. Uh, there's a pillar right in the middle of it that seems like it would be terrible for concerts, fine for the wrestling show. Uh, But yeah, the ceiling is very low, like under two of the turnbuckles, they would legit just hit their heads on the the air ducts. And at one point, Ethan Page got on the top rope and he, I guess, normally would do a moonsault or not a moonsault, but just like flip. And he just kind of did a really funny pretend somersault, like where he just sort of fell on the guy because there wasn't room. (laughs) Uh, so it's, I don't know. It's a, got a good vibe to it. It's just, they could never bring in somebody that's that high of a flyer, you know, just there's no space for it. And, uh, the, the space from the ring to the floor is maybe, I mean, it's less than a foot. It's probably six inches. The ring's low to the ground.
1: Yeah. I, I I would like to go to one of these shows someday with you.
0: I Um, want you to come here and go to one. These are a blast. And I mean, this main event, uh, it was a street fight, and Kurt Stallion took the champion, uh, Dominic Garini and put him upside down in a trash can. And I'm pretty sure that guy legit could not get out of that trash can. I think he was actually <laughs> stuck. The ref had to tip it over, and when he got out, he was so fucking wet with disgusting beer, like, just stale beer. Because it was, it was a trash can being used. Uh, they used croquet <laughs> mallets at one point. I watched Kurt Stallion just shoot, throw a fucking steel chair at that guy's head so many times. Jesus. And that kind of stuff, like, it's hard for me to explain that to people when I bring people who've never watched wrestling, where I'm like, no, the kind of wrestling I like is like this really athletic, stylized, but there's also this other wrestling where they're just beating the piss out of each other. This isn't necessarily what I'm watching all the time, but it does exist. Right. Uh, Let's see. Kevin Koo. And uh, Donovan Danhausen, which is a, he's a, a, a Canadian wrestler. He's kind of got like a Fen Balor thing going on, uh, but he's painted up more like one of the aliens from They Live. Uh, Kevin Koo, though, my wife, definitely, uh, she she said she would have left me for him. She thought he was pretty sexy. Really?
1: Yeah, that he's... list just seems to keep getting longer. Yeah,
0: the more, it turns out the more you take your wife around all these like handsome jack dudes, the more uh, <laughs> inadequate you feel.
1: <laughs> You're, you're, you're prospecting for people that your wife is going to leave you for.
0: So, Kevin, uh, just know that my wife, she'd do it. She'd do it. She'd, she'd, uh, she'd leave me for you.
1: Would she leave you for the MJF?
0: I don't know. Though so she did. He asked her if she wanted a shirt, too, and she laughed in his face. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why you got charged
1: the extra $5. Because
0: she laughed at him. <laughs>
1: He tried to upsell and get another shirt, and when she laughed, he was like, well, fuck you. I'm getting a little bit something extra. <laughs> Maybe that's how this story played out, and that makes sense to me. Good job, Leah. You cost your husband five bucks.
0: Well, it is what it is, and I have a shirt that I'm not going to wear very often. Uh, but yeah, in the end, you know, the Southern Underground Pro shows super fun. Uh, there's another one coming up, I believe, in June. Uh, we'll have to, uh, we'll update you on the dates of that, but I know more, (laughs) I saw several people that listened to the show. There was great hanging out with everybody. Uh, and you know, we're going to keep talking about it and we're going to keep partying at these shows and having a good time.
1: Keep going, man, because I like, I like, I like hearing about these very indie shows. Because you, you hear about some matches that you don't normally hear about. Plus, it's kind of like we're scouting, like you said, with, with people that could eventually wind up at a little bit bigger level later on. But, exactly. Like, this guy, Kevin Koo, he's got a good look to him.
0: Uh, he's got a lot of really cool tattoos. And he's not a huge guy, but he is in shape. Because uh, some of these shows, like, the guys aren't always, you know, the most jacked guys. Like, these are guys who are still, like, getting their starts and stuff. Or at least some of them. I don't know, but the more as I look at these like, and I start to follow, I see these guys are working all over the place. It's just guys I wasn't aware of. Mm -hmm. I think think that's one of the interesting things now that I've been kind of, you know, going to different indie shows is just kind of learning about different guys that really are almost regional wrestlers. For sure. It makes it feel more like territories. And I do kind of enjoy that where when you go in this room all these people know who these guys are and are into it. And it's just a matter of, you know, you can go to the show once and you might, uh, you might scoff a little bit at some of the guys, but as it goes, it's like anything, the more you see these characters, the more you develop a relationship with them and have a good Sure.
1: Time. I was actually going to bring up somebody. There's a, there's a, I'm pretty sure there's a, a girl wrestler up here uh in Chicago who's building a name for herself pretty well across the country. Now, Her name's Kylie Ray. Okay. And, uh, I th- I think she's been at a couple shows down there in Nashville, um, by you, I've seen advertisements for actually the um,
0: weekend that I'm going to be up in Chicago. They're having a two day, uh, all women's tournament at the national yeah, the, fairgrounds. And I, that's probably what she's performing at.
1: Um, I know there's actually some other shows, uh, going on that weekend when you're up here too. So, um, yeah, a lot of stuff going on, uh, God, and we talked about it during WrestleMania. A lot of times, when like a promotion comes through, uh, people will leech onto that weekend, and you can make a weekend to pro wrestling even when it's non-WrestleMania weekend.
0: Well, and that's what we're going to be at two wrestling shows in May in Chicago. We're going to be at GCW on the twelfth, which I believe is in Villa Park. Uh, that's like death matches. So it's going to be Joey Janela, Nick Gage and a bunch of other guys I'm not familiar with that I'm probably going to see, uh, make me cringe a whole bunch as they hit each other with light tubes and steel chairs and shit. And we'll be right in the front row, uh, getting that on our face. So that'll be interesting. And then we got ROH ring of, uh, or ROH new Japan the next day. And I think we want to try and set up something. If, uh, if we have any listeners in Chicago that want to have an actual hangout, I think we're gonna set up a time and like you know all meet up at a bar and hang out, get some drinks before one of those shows or something.
1: Yeah, uh, we we talked about it back and forth. We haven't decided where that's gonna happen yet, but if we have any listeners in Chicago, as we said earlier, uh, hit us up on the social media. Let us know what uh, you're thinking um, at Wrestle Hangout on Twitter, at Wrestle Hangout on Facebook, at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram, and uh, yeah, uh, let us know uh, any ideas you have um, if you're going to the shows. Um, I love hearing from you guys and again rate review subscribe uh can't oh and stress enough as far <laughs> as that, that yeah
0: please rate review subscribe uh please that new japan ring of honor show uh we just got a huge main event announced
1: for sure um it's gonna be the bullet club against uh, your favorite group's uh, name
0: los and gobernables de japan did you say it right? I hope to fuck I did because <laughs> Cody Rhodes today, somebody put something about them and he's like, oh, that group that you probably can't even pronounce their name.
1: <laughs> Whose most famous member is a stuffed cat?
0: <laughs> is a stuffed cat that they don't own the intellectual property for, <laughs> which was hilarious. That, that's a weird main event to me just because it takes away so many guys, which leads me to believe there's going to be some other matches that we should be excited about
1: for sure i'm excited about it um but the other thing yeah like i said earlier you want to list off some of the people that cody has uh announced for the all-in show in september fuck yeah we just got uh we got
0: that Britt baker's gonna be there and we just got that Jay lethal just got added as well as i think before uh between the last episode and now okada got added as well yeah this show's Um, gonna be fucking huge man like I mean, I guess at this point, it really is just kind of a Ring of Honor, uh, New Japan show. But I know we're starting to throw interesting females in. And also Joey Janela just got thrown into that mix. Yeah. This is going to be a weird, wild show. I'm curious to see how long of a show they end up putting on.
1: Uh, Cody just made the announcement today on Twitter. that, And he's said this several times. But uh, how they're going to handle the ticket situation is going to be announced very, very soon.
0: He said Wednesday, actually.
1: Yeah, and, and I think, um, I don't know, the way he made it sound is that they're trying to do this. uh The the way they're going to handle their tickets is so that it doesn't reach the secondary ticket market, so that you don't have to pay a buttload to get there. Um, They're trying to handle it. They've already priced everything. He has in his mind what his fair price for tickets is. It's why they scouted so many different venues. And uh, so, yeah, they're trying to avoid things getting out of hand with the ticket situation hopefully it it plays out like we've talked about before they probably could have picked a bigger venue and it would have sold out
0: it's still funny looking on twitter and seeing people put like oh you're gonna sell out the venue with these people that 12 people have heard of (laughs) fuck (laughs) off i'm just like where have you if you don't know who any of these people are i don't know where you've been yeah in wrestling like I mean, even if you only watch WWE, I feel like it's hard to not see these names start to pop up. I mean, Okada shirts are sold at Hot Topic now. Like, that's pretty big that Japanese wrestlers are kind of making their way over here.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a big deal. This is, gonna, this is a monumental moment in the history of pro wrestling to see indie, like an indie uh, group of guys. Because I, 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 I don't even want to call it like an organization because it's not like it's New Japan or Ring of Honor. It it's honestly self-funded. seems
0: like Cody's the one doing that. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he's doing it himself. I mean, all of the people they've announced, he announces it on his new Instagram account before they even put it on Twitter. Yeah. So I'm thinking so, that Cody's bankrolling in a good part of this.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying is it, it doesn't even feel fair to call it an organization. It just seems like it's an individual effort, which is a, I don't know. It's a big step in the history of pro wrestling, watching just one of the boys promote his own show And it's going to be a huge sellout and it's going to be a majorly covered and, and yeah.
0: And speaking of, uh, they also announced that I want to say it's next week. The tickets to the new Japan show in San Francisco at the cow palace go on sale. And my plan is to be there. I, I do plan on that. So if you plan on going to the, uh, the cow palace, let's, uh, let's, let's hang out over there. Should be a good time.
1: Wrestle hangout. Hey Garrett, you know what time it is? It's
0: the time to hit our goddamn music.
1: No, it's time to say something nice. Oh, fuck. You got swerved. I got swerved. I got to think of somebody to say, well,
0: I mean, do I say something nice about MJF? Yeah. Because he wouldn't say something nice about me.
1: No, but that's not how it works. He said our podcast (laughs) name is
0: Breaking K-Fabe. Is that that an issue that we deal
1: with with when we meet other wrestlers? Is they're going to be like, I don't like that you're just outright saying that it's predetermined? I hope that's not an issue because I would actually like to address that for a moment and be like, hey, this has been used as a defense of your business for a long time. We're just rolling with it.
0: Exactly. And this is a whole thing where it was like all the time people come up to me and say, you know, it's fake, right? And it's like, it's not yeah. fake. It's predetermined. It, predetermined is the word I have to use to defend your business. Uh, that, cliche. That, that's, why it, that's why we're using it. Yeah. So, uh, say something nice. MJF. Say something nice. MJF is like, regardless if he took my five bucks, uh, and sold me a shirt that I don't love too much. Uh, I feel like he's going to hear that and be like, I really like that shirt. Fuck him. (laughs) So, you know what? You take your fake Burberry scarf and get the fuck out of here. MJF next time. I no I'm just kidding. Uh, that guy is, he cut such a good fucking promo at this small show and just hearing the way he was able to just effortlessly do that, he has definitely had practice. I guess uh, MJF is in CZW, so I mean that is a that's a you know one of the bigger indie promotions, and he it seems like he's putting in good work around. And I I really hope things go well for him. Uh, that's he just cuts a good promo. He stays in character the whole time uh, after the show, which I really respect. I feel like there's not a ton of wrestlers that have a big enough character to do that. But like you know, having experienced him and Dalton Castle in person, it's, they're just both fucking delightful to be around. It makes you feel like you're living inside a comic book.
1: I think regardless of the five dollar situation, you are rooting for him to make it big, right? Oh, hundred percent. I'm a fan.
0: Like I wouldn't have paid the five bucks if I wasn't a fan. Like I wanted that picture. I thought it was,
1: you know, it'd be fun. It, he's he's awesome. Like I want the heel to be shitty to me. Well, you said something nice about a guy who you kind of cut a promo on earlier, but. I'm gonna take a. This is gonna be a really weird turn because I'm gonna say something nice about somebody that I don't necessarily have a bunch of negative things to say about. Um, let me talk about Braun Strowman for a moment. When Braun Strowman made his debut in WWE, he had all the potential to just be another big guy that never went anywhere. I think you could make the argument right now that he's the most over character on WWE television. Uh, that was. Ridiculous like very evident on Monday. It's been evident at multiple times throughout the last, what, six, six to eight months. Um, and I just want to give a shout out to Braun Strowman for being able to, in a very short amount of time, in the matter of like two to three years, he's become such a good worker. He knows what he's good at. Um, he's actually added to his arsenal. Anytime that guy drop kicks somebody, it's a fucking event. Like you, I know you said, I think we talked about this, like, towards
0: the beginning of when we started doing this how you said this guy has so few moves right now that when he starts to add in simple moves it's going to look devastating to somebody else right and i know that drop kick he did on the fucking outside of the
1: ring jesus christ it's scary like you you see a drop kick how many times a week in pro wrestling and then when you see a certain guy do it it just completely changes everything. And it's not because I, I I never really had anything negative to say about Braun. So this isn't a typical say something nice. I just, I think for where he's got in his career in a short amount of time with, with how little he had to start with and for having every opportunity to just become another big guy, just a guy who just goes in there and fills his role for two or three years as being a monster and then getting out of there. He's really set the bar high and it has blown my expectations out of the water. And in my opinion, he very, he probably should be the guy in WWE right now. Um, and we can't so be far
0: from that, right? Like he has to get it somewhere. You would think, but I mean, God, he's been hot for a long time. And it just, he fits the exact description of what Vince McMahon wants in a pro wrestler.
1: <laughs> right. That's what's so fascinating to me. It's almost like he's mad that the fans shows him and he didn't. And it's just, it's baffling. How
0: can like, how funny the guy is. Like he really has started to get it all and him in a, in a tag team with Bobby Lashley was kind of fucking awesome.
1: Yeah. I think, I think the thing that he has mastered very well, that a lot of guys don't do. And we, we talked about this when he did the upright base segment, he balances the ability to be both comedic and then um, he can flip a switch and be absolutely terrifying again. And that's, that's not easy to do. um, He's he's clearly a quick learner. I could I could go on all day giving compliments to Braun Strowman. So that's I I got a lot of nice things to say about Braun Strowman. We're ending on a positive note today.
0: Well, now that you're done sucking Braun Strowman's dick, hopefully he leaves a a review for you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey
1: Braun, rate review, subscribe, please.
0: (laughs) All right, everybody. This has been another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, you know, check out all the social medias at wrestle hangout on facebook at wrestle hangout on twitter at predetermined podcast on instagram uh yeah let's 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 let's
1: fucking hang out again next week how does that sound yeah do that and also hit our goddamn music